0: Welcome to a football show here on a Monday. He is Zach. I am Braden. We are brought to you by our awesome, amazing local sponsors, Sinkers and the Kingston Group. Sinkers, of course, in East Nashville, locally owned and operated since 1985, serving East Nashvillians. Also a second location in Hendersonville, Bluegrass, the Kingston Group, of course, BuildKG.com. You guys know those two names. Uh, great supporters of our show, and obviously we, we, we want you guys to go support them, support local business. We'll tell you more about uh, some of the cool stuff that Sinkers is doing for you, the audience of a football show, in a little bit. Uh, we will talk football today. Uh, obviously a difficult day in Nashville, Zach, for almost all of us, uh, anybody with a soul. Uh, hard to, to sort of get your head around trying to do sports content today, but I think I'm a big believer, Zach, that, that sports talk radio, podcasts, consumption movies, whatever it may be in your life. I think um, a lot of times we exist to try to help people have some distraction from some of the stuff that's going on in the world. So we will talk a lot of sports. We've got some special teams coaches. Uh, we've got a comparison that you did stack That's going to compare a couple of different Titans teams to the one we are going to have this year in Nashville in 2023, uh, a philosophical discussion about their plan at quarterback long-term. What exactly are the Titans doing? At that position, uh, they met with all the different prospects this week as well. Uh, of course, the Lamar Jackson news that we're not sure is actually news. Um, Zach, I-, I would say how are you, sir, but that doesn't feel appropriate. Zach, good to have you on the show. How about that?
1: Sounds good. It's it's good to be here, despite what's going on around in Nashville. And it's uh, it's it, when it hits close to home, it feels a little bit different. Even though I've always been obviously against death and against school shooting and uh um you know the gun rights need to be under control but so it's, it's always hits a little yeah. different when it's just in your back backyard
0: yeah and i think um i i have been long frustrated by the thoughts and prayers thing now it's not the time thing and, and that's fine i don't really want to get into a discussion on twitter about that with people frankly i don't think Twitter's the place or time to discuss any of this stuff but that's, I, rare, I, that's where you solve everything I forgot. I forgot. For My bad. Um, no, I think that there's a really important message. Obviously, there's there's lots of policy debates we could get into, um, m- mostly just devastated for three families that lost children. Um, credit to the Metro Police Department in Nashville. Uh, they, the, the fire department got the call at 10.13 a.m., and the shooter at Covenant was um, dead by 10.27. So a lot of credit to the Metro Nashville Police Department for doing their job extremely well today. Did not save enough lives, um, but the, they did the best job they could. What, what I would say, I guess, because again, I want we're going to talk sports, try to give people a chance to get away from all this nonsense and like actually just think about the things that that make them happy here. But I, I do want to remind people that like you, you do have agency in all of this. You don't just have to like like send stuff out on social media on your couch. You don't just have to like rant and rave inside your house or. Like I'm angry. I'm just angry all the time about this stuff. Sad and hard to focus. But I want to remind people that you have agency. You can do something about this. We all can do something about this kind of thing. Um, Donate your time. Donate your money. Become an activist. Uh, Make sure you vote for the people who care about these issues. Um, Go work on a campaign. You can get off your ass and do something about this stuff. And I've donated. Moms Demand Action is a great place to start if you want a place to start. Go check out Moms Demand Action. It's an extraordinary group that is fighting this particular issue every single day. Um, so just, you, you you have agency, folks. Like, you have power more than you think. You don't just have to sit on your couch and scream into the void, even though that may f- make you feel good. So um, that's all I wanted to say, Zach, about this. It's hard. It's tough. It's difficult to focus. And we're going to talk sports today. But um, do something, man. Like, you, you can go do something. Um, and again, I donate to Moms Demand Action. I recommend that's a good place to start. So...
1: Yeah, I just thought, uh, you know, at what point, uh, it's just tough because, uh, you know, I pulled up, you know, when the the last school shooting, the big one happened in Texas and with Uvalde, um, you know, I, I'm looking at it right here. I wrote down this big, long feeling of anger that I had coming from that, and it's not to say that I don't feel that same anger today. I, I really do, but at what point are politicians just gonna wake up about this i mean because yeah. i it wasn't just like i think it was like a week and a half ago john stewart um on his show on apple tv the problem with john stewart he's sitting right in front of a guy a representative talking about guns and just has is beating this guy to death with with logic and this guy this senator or uh, congressman whatever he may be is just oblivious to it it's like it's in They're sociopathic like it's almost like you are a sociopath if you are in if you are in, yeah. in at this point and it's ridiculous um i mean you're talking about what they're coming across reports now that she was 28 28 years old but a female shooter a young female shooter going into a school that is pre-k through six great i, I have, I have a kinder, reason
0: I, I have a kindergartner yeah. in metro schools right now
1: And and I'm, are they still at school? Like to me, that's wild that if they're still, I would have thought they, well, I guess maybe the best thing is to keep them contained, but well, so, but, but like, but but, but like the, just real quick, like the point is, is that she's 28 years old and somehow has two assault type rifles and a handgun. At some point, it has to be hard for people to get a gun. It has to be hard.
0: Yeah. And, and while the tragedy for those families is unspeakable, um, it's not just the, the, it's not just that it's like, like kids, like my kids are going to be going through training, you know, like for this stuff. And the other kids at the school have to deal with the tragedy of all this too. Like there's the ripple effect is, is, is insane. So again, like we can sit here and we can debate policy. We, like, I'm super wonky about this stuff. I know you are too. We care deeply about it. We all should care deeply about it. But I think, um, Even in a state like Tennessee, you can go do something about it. You can go, even if it's just five bucks, even if it's just 10 minutes of your time, like you tweeting is not the answer. It may make you feel good. It may be cathartic in the moment and that's fine. We all kind of need that stuff too. And hopefully talking about, you know, the fucking quarterback plan for the Titans helps us all get away for a moment. But like at the end of the day, you can, we all have agency in this situation. And I think it's important to remember that. And I think it's empowering for people to remember that. And uh, go do some shit, okay? That's, that's all I ask of people. Like, just you, you believe in something, go do something about it. Because sitting on your couch and posting on Instagram, it's not going to get it done. So, um, okay. All right. Um, with that in mind, uh, I guess let's talk about fucking Lamar Jackson. Um, <laughs> hey, you're the one who wants to talk about No, it. I know. I know. I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to give you the space to talk about how we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> Which is because it because it dominated headlines. And here's the other thing: it is not coincidence, in my opinion, that if Mar- Lamar Jackson made a trade request. So here's how what happened: He posts on Twitter to this afternoon about 10:30 ish, 10:45 ish. It was about three minutes after John Harbaugh, his head coach, was had had just started taking questions in front of lots like t- two dozen media people at the NFL meetings out in Arizona, the owners' meetings in Arizona. He made this request supposedly on March 2nd to be traded. You'll, you can explain to people why it's not a ton of news, or if anything, it provides leverage to Baltimore. But it's not a coincidence that he took to Twitter, knowing this would spark a social media aggregation news chain that absolutely took place. And it happened right when John Harbaugh was asking question, answering questions in front of the media. There's no way that's an accident. I don't know what his strategy is here. Yeah, so, there is no strategy because he doesn't right. have a fucking agent. Like right. this, is a compli-
1: this, is, this is entertaining, but empty. Like, there is nothing to this. All it is is that Lamar Jackson is an idiot who – do we think that John Harbaugh was not going to be asked any questions about Lamar Jackson today?
0: No, of course he was, but this is is different. No, it's not
1: different because guess what? He knew that Lamar Jackson has requested a trade. This isn't new news to him. Yeah, but the people asking the
0: questions didn't. (laughs) Oh,
1: wow, they asked a question. Ooh. And guess what he answered it perfectly because guess what unlike some teams their <laughs> pr team looks like they're expertly training these guys to be prepared
0: he he was certainly prepared there's no yeah. question i well, i do think it's it's, I, it's
1: it's it means it ultimately great for it's great for the news media cycle because we've been kind of bored these last few days so it's great entertainment right but ultimately it means jack shit to fucking anything and in fact he is costing himself leverage, which is utterly the most insane thing I've ever seen is a player say, hey, okay, okay people, uh, okay, let me, let's break this down. He requested a trade on March 2nd. Do we think that no NFL team knew this besides the Ravens?
0: Uh, I, well, if he had an agent, I would say all 32 knew.
1: Yeah. But, <laughs> but we know he has Ken Francis, right? Like his yeah, uh, business partner, Ken Francis, who has been calling around the teams who the NFLPA, not the NFL, the NFL PA is the one that sent out the memo telling everybody and alerting everybody to Ken Francis's activities. So obviously Ken Francis has been calling people, but yep. that's when it broke. This Ken Francis guy said that he has soured on, on the, on the Ravens. Right. So, Obviously, people have already inquired probably regardless of knowing or not, hey, is there a deal that we can work out outside of the parameters of the offer sheet, right? Like, you don't have – the, the path has never been offer sheet or nothing. You can do other negotiations, a sign and trade and all this stuff. If you think the NFL teams do not know that he requested a trade on March 2nd, you, you're living in fantasy, fantasy land over here. Like I cannot stress enough how much this Lamar Jackson thing has so many people leave, living in a fantasy land that the NFL is just ran by a bunch of idiot businessmen that don't know anything that's going on in their own building. They know everything. They, yeah, they yeah. know all the hot goss before you do. <laughs> they know the tea. Um, yeah. No, I, I think this
0: was a troll job of John, of John Harbaugh. That's all it was for me. And like it's I a just, poor,
1: it's a poor troll job. Like I know it's even a piss I know. poor troll job. Like it's, it's, it, it only hurt him in the end because guess what? No team has even done due diligence on Lamar Jackson. Like we haven't heard any reports like yeah. concrete reports that anybody has done anything on Lamar Jackson. And if he's been available for trade, it doesn't matter. And guess what? If he's available for trade, what do you think the Ravens are going to be asking for, right? Like, the Ravens are going to ask for more than what the offer sheet would be. So if your idea is, well, maybe we can circumvent the guaranteed offer, maybe what we can do, because Lamar Jackson doesn't have a trade clause, right? No trade clause is not in a Lamar Jackson thing. So he can be traded anywhere against his will. So maybe a team would think, (laughs) hey, I am going to – Grab Lamar Jackson, get him out of out of Baltimore. we he'll let's just play. Let's promise him that he could play one year on the franchise tag and we'll deal with his uh deal with his contract, you know, over the course of the season. But at least he's out of Baltimore. That's gonna cost you a shit ton of picks. It's gonna cost you more picks than what you would give up if you signed yeah. an offer sheet.
0: So a couple of quick questions for you because then I want to move on. Um no number one, fir- first point, I guess I should say, is that this is not like trying to scout Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Every one of these teams knows everything there is to know about all these quarterback options, whether it's Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers. Like There are no secrets among the 32 head coaches, scouting departments, general managers, and owners. They, like you said, they all know everything. So they don't need to like kick the tires on Lamar. He, like He's still young enough. It's more about the dollars and the cents and does it fit with our offense and and can we pay for the cost and blah 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 blah. All stuff they would have already probably all math they would have probably already done on their back end in, in-house privately. So that, that's the other one. Um here's the other thing. Do you think there's any truth to like do you buy I'm not even sure how to ask this? Lamar Jackson is not the first Raven in the last few years to just be like Oh I yeah, want I've to be seen a here. few people tweet about Are you, this. Like Are you someone in on- said
1: Someone said, uh, "God, who
0: was that?" I just well, saw that tweet. Ho- well, you got Hollywood Brown, you got or, or- Orlando wide receiver. Brown, you got a lot of people. Okay, that Orlando Brown, like,
1: eh. who, di- who didn't want to be a right tackle, he only wanted to be a left tackle.
0: I, i'm not saying right? i'm buying into like it. I'm, but
1: i know that's what i'm saying though is i know you're not buying into it but like someone even put like a lot of notable ravens and like someone even put hayden hurst on there i'm like is hayden hurst a notable raven like are we well, really going to go that far
0: this is why i didn't want to like i wanted to be hesitant with this question because the guy one of the people i saw tweeting this who, i don't tweeted it so i could go he, back and look I, don't, I'm not, I don't i don't i don't want to mention his name because he's uh, he's he's not a real so he's he's used fake sources to build his career throughout most of his his oh Doug career, climbing so
1: no 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 oh jason <laughs> like it for that's who it was <laughs> so w- but like I, I, saw just, that w- tweet I just right before we went on the air. i just so. want to
0: know if there's any like any any semblance of because i hollywood brown was all about wanting to play with kyler murray and like i i don't buy it and,
1: and like listen they didn't want to give hollywood brown a, a big contract he kind of sucks and He's like they, they knew tiny. they wanted to give money to lamar right, right. so yeah. right like to me that that Yeah, I know who I know. I knew that was Jason Black and forth Now that you, when you said fake sources, so uh, all right. So let's. Yeah, I don't think there's any truth to that. I I think what there's truth to is something that Chris Mortensen tweeted, and let me pull it up real quick. It says right here: a few teams, owners included, have discussed Jackson's case. I like how it sounds like it's a trial. Uh, One team has was hesitant, re the number of games/slash snaps and practices missed last two to three years versus money invested can't remember lamar jackson's had like COVID like three times like that dude has been sick and they also wonder whether his sleep habits and nutrition contribute to his absences nobody speaks ill of his character so like these people know other teams know lamar jackson jackson's sleep habits and nutrition and you don't think they knew that he was available for trade on March. Yeah. 2nd? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody right. knows. Everybody yeah. knows everything.
0: Everybody knows everything they need to know to either be in on it or not be in on it. And right now no one's officially in on it. And Lamar's, you know, trolling his head coach publicly on Twitter. It's just, I, I think it is fun to watch from afar. Um, and I, I know you've made the case for should in some miracle fantasy land, he ends up as the Titan, it would be incredibly fun to watch. I don't necessarily think he brings some Super Bowl. Automatic Super Bowl caliber team to to Nashville, but my God, it would be fun to watch. Um, so it, it's it is what it is. We'll keep an eye on it. Not a whole lot of news that you need to know from what actually took place today uh, on the Twitter sphere. I do want to say quickly before we move on to the Titans, also doing something obvious, which is scouting the four major quarterbacks in the NFL draft. <laughs> Shocking news. I do want to say just real quickly uh, to everybody that's in there right now in the chat to all you guys: D good, Tim uh stoney jason uh kenneth all you guys for for hanging out with us today part of why i've done this my entire career is like i i need a place to say things sometimes and and with the actions and the events of today in nashville i needed some place to say but i also we're a family with you guys in on us and you guys have been you know commenting about all the things that you feel and want to do and hopefully all of us being able to vent together is a little bit of of a help so just I, i appreciate all you guys for being with us today um So the Titans, by the way, uh, Sinkers Beverages in East Nashville, one of our new sponsors. If you missed the the Thursday show, go check out their event space. They've got an event space over there in uh, Wedgwood, Houston, that is going to be hosting some cool stuff coming up for a football show listeners, loyal. But you also need to go sign up for the in-crowd at Sinkers Beverages. You'll have access to VIP tastings, maybe some brewery and distillery tours. Uh, Make sure you sign up for the in-crowd. They're going to monitor all your spending. And therefore, the, the 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 very important people, the VIPs of Sinker's, are going to get extra cool stuff. They're going to have alerts ahead of time when allocations come out. Uh, I think they dropped some allocation today, by the way. Go over to Sinker's; it'll be gone by the time I say it. But <laughs> but, but go over and drop. Uh, follow them on the socials and check it out because they've got all kinds of allocations that they post uh, all over the place. And uh, again, some cool some cool uh, you know special events plans. Zach, we've got some events planned for some folks. Uh coming up and Sinkers, of course, is gonna be a big part of it. And we appreciate them being on board with us. So go check them out. And if you're up in north, Goodlitzville, Hendersonville, up, up there in that area, go check out Bluegrass, of course, as well. Uh Bluegrass is their sister store up there in Hendersonville. So make sure you go check that out uh, as well. Kingston Group Build KG.com, locally owned and operated. Uh, so is Sinkers, by the way, both locally owned and operated. Kingston Group Build KG.com is the website. Do not make any decisions about your house until you talk to them. Home renovation, custom build. Buying or selling, whatever it may be, just talk to them, have a conversation. They keep everything in house, all the contract, no, no independent contracting, none of that stuff. The design team is in house; they do the whole thing from front to from the beginning to the end, so that you know exactly what you're going to get. And I promise you, it's the best quality work in the city. So go check them out, Sinkers and the Kingston Group, uh, if you want to support two good local businesses here on a football show. Okay, so I don't know what there's not a whole lot I took from the four meetings. Um, I guess well, the three fact meetings,
1: that- one coming up.
0: That's true. That's true. A private meeting um, with with Anthony Richardson at Florida. They met with Will Levis. They were at C.J. Stroud's Pro Day, of course. Met
1: with C.J. Stroud. Had met one with, of four teams. Met with him. Of, I'm sure they met with
0: Bryce Young. There you go. Met with Bryce Young as well. Um, so they're basically at all the, the main places. <laughs> uh, well, Them at-
1: meeting with Levis went off the rails. Like, this, this whole thing went off the rails on Friday. I mean, like Mike was saying, they sent the Calvary to Lexington in our group chat. And I'm like... It's like three hours away. Why would they all go? And it's about it's about a quarter. There's a like, lot of bourbon.
0: Funny. Why would you not go? Lexington's a beautiful place. Good food. Good and you drinking. know they.
1: You know Mike Vrabel at least hit up a couple of the uh, distilleries on the way back. Well, and they're
0: either on their way up or back from Columbus, yeah. Ohio. Like, what are we right. doing here? Like, of course yeah. you're going to meet with Will. There's also, by the way, there's also a lot of other good Kentucky players too. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was shocking. The The team that needs a quarterback is doing due diligence on quarterbacks. <laughs> Whoa! Blow, blow, mind-blowing. Like, and now, and, you know, because I put up this, this tweet and I go, you know, uh, people, no shit the Titans could trade up to 1.3 if their quarterback is there. We've already been talking about this possibility right. even before Pro Days and Visits because we knew that they were going to meet and do stuff with these quarterbacks. This is not news. And let me tell you something about Will Levis. He is the exact polar opposite of what Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon have preached about what they are looking for in a quarterback specifically. He's the exact opposite. There is nothing to like about Will Levis. In fact, and, and this, I, this idea that he has a really high ceiling is also starting to bother me because the more I watch, the more I go look at the data, his ceiling has been reached. I mean, there is no he is an old man in terms of quarterback, and those do not have high ceilings. So he does not. He, Anthony Richardson, super high ceiling. Yes, he does not. Yes. Will Levis does not have a higher ceiling than C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. So no, no, it's not even, there's no,
0: we've said this for weeks now. Anthony Richardson has always been probably for two years. In my opinion, the the guy with the most potential, if he realizes everything, he is the best product of the group. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are far more proven commodities, far more experienced, far more developed, and they have pretty high ceilings themselves. Um, But, but very high floors, right? Like Richardson has the lowest floor potentially, like, like with Levis, frankly, Levis's floor could be complete bust. So um here's here's the thing to add on what you're saying to me if a report comes out that they did not meet with cj stroud or bryce young or anthony richardson or will levis then i would be concerned then it would be news and i would think holy shit that's not doing your job well so I don't like I don't know what people expected them to do in in these situations. So. Well,
1: it's like I mean, like, again, it's a pro day that's like three hours away. So and it's on the way to other pro days. So, of course, you're going to stop. The other thing is, of course, they're meeting with all four of the top quarterbacks. They've met with Hinden Hooker. We haven't even talked about that, but they've met with Hinden Hooker almost at every stop along the way that you can meet yep. with quarterback. Wait, wait. That that to they, they, me is a little bit more telling than any of these other ones. Is that Hidden Hooker met? has been has been talked to this at the senior bowl extensively, the combine extensively, they've had private meetings, local visits, all this stuff. All around Hidden Hooker. He's they've the one met they've met with, met Hidden with Hidden the most. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Here's the thing. Oh my god. The Titans have said they want a someone that is an anticipatory anticipatory thrower that makes good decisions. And has a really high accuracy. Will Levis does not check one damn box on any of that shit. <laughs> he, he is, and so he is not, I can guarantee you that a guy that puts mayo in his coffee, that eats a banana while the pi- pill and all, the pill is still on, is not going to get along with Mike Vrabel in a meeting. I can just guarantee you that you, you can't it. see
0: him like chewing on a banana with the peel on taking a bite of it and just being like, what do you think about uh, cover two here? Coach? Like. Hey,
1: can we talk about, <laughs> I, okay. So listen, I got 2,300 words coming tomorrow on Will Levison. In fact, yes. I'm making it free because I am putting an in to all stacking this the Leveson.
0: stacking the inbox. Stacking the inbox. <laughs> it will be
1: free for 48 hours. This article, let me say something. He, the, since he became a full-time starter, Versus SEC schools, he's played fifteen SEC opponents. Only five of those games did he go over two hundred yards passing. Hmm.
0: That's
1: thirty percent.
0: And one of those seasons, right. he yeah. had a very, very good coordinator with a very good offensive line. So, yeah. Um,
1: and, and listen, one hundred and seventy-five point ninety-three yards per game against SEC defenses in college. Averaged, in college football, he averaged one interception a game versus SEC de- defenses. <laughs> yards per attempt. You know where all of his good stats come from? When he plays teams like Louisiana Monroe, Chattanooga, New Mexico State, Iowa, Miami of Ohio, Youngstown State. Hang on, hang on.
0: Hang on. They almost lost to Chattanooga. (laughs) There you
1: go. Louisville (laughs) times two. You know what? He played all of those non-SEC opponents, and he almost averaged an interception per game there, too. He was one interception away. But he averaged 280. In nine games, he averaged 288 yards per game against non-SEC opponents. Uh, uh, That is over 111, wait a minute, yeah, over 110 yards over what he averaged against SEC opponents. He is a mirage, and people just need to fucking wake up and quit focusing on the 20 good throws he makes over a Four-game span because okay. that's right. apparently where it's at. All
0: right. Horse is dead. You, you've beaten it to death. I, I think we all know where you stand on Levis. I'm pretty much with you. But it's uh, where but everybody should stand. I agree. I, but I, I
1: still maintain I don't think he's going to go in the first round. <laughs> I don't think teams are going to like him as much as everybody thinks. It so, was... Elliot,
0: Elliot, hang on. Elliot, are you done? Are you done? I want to move on. I want to well, move on. Well, I was going to move
1: wanna... to the next phase of the, the thing. I was going to tie it into that.
0: Okay, because so, Elliot brings up give me Richardson over Levis all day. And for sure. Elliot, welcome to the show. Good to see you, Elliot. Um, but that brings us to the conversation, which, which is sort of like the meat of the show today, which to me is... The, like, I, I've been feeling this way for about a week and a half now about the Titans' overarching strategy. And you've said all along, like, if you're convicted to go up to number one, mortgage the farm, mortgage the future, trade all the picks, whatever you want to do, go up and get them. And it feels like... And while this could benefit the team and it means they could be competitive in 2023, they could win the division or be competitive in 2024, win the division, that 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 is still a temporary solution that they're sort of like, oh, OK, we've got Ryan Tannehill. He still probably has a couple good years left. Let's see what happens. We can probably be pretty competitive. we got a good coach. we got a good defense. Let, let, let's not give up on this whole thing just yet. But it feels like they're not all in on one particular strategy and that they're i'm not sure like i would love to know if Rand carthon has a very specific strategy because i am okay i have come around on trading to, to number three and taking whichever guy comes to you i am if you if you're convicted on those three it's just being. Gonna,
1: it's just gonna have to happen at the draft i think pro-
0: probably but the point is is that you can go all in on any number there's a number of different strategies to acquire a quarterback Right. You could trade for Aaron Rodgers and, and, and have him. They tried to maybe kind of a little bit last year and maybe have him for three years and go Hall of Fame veteran route. Right. Like the Bucks did and won a Super Bowl. You could tank to grab the best quarterback the way we've seen some teams in the, in the past do the way the Texans kind of kind of tried to do it. Not perfectly, but tried to do it. And they're going to probably get one of their two guys. Maybe um, y- you could do that with Malik Willis. If you trade Ryan Tannehill and start Malik Willis next year, you're, you're probably going to end up with a top five pick. There's You could trade everything to go to number three and get Anthony Richardson, get Bryce Young, or get C.J. Stroud. You could go all in on a draft pick. You could go all in on next year's draft pick. There's all these different strategies. And they're sort of like – they I feel like they have one foot in each one of these different strategies, and they're not all in on any one thing. And it's why there's not been an extension for Tannehill, because I don't think they're all in on him either. So I just – I know that Vrabel and Car- Carthon have spent the last couple of days saying, look, Kevin Byard's a great player on our team. He's on our team until he's not. You know, Ryan Tannehill, great player on our team. He's on our team. He's under contract. He's, you know, they're doing the thing they have to say. I, I just, I don't know if we're at a, at a, at like a crossroads or pick a cliche where the team needs to decide what direction it wants to go in and just, and be convicted in the direction that they're going. Does that, does that make sense because yeah, it, like it feels like it feels like they're close to everything.
1: Well, yeah, they they got commitment phobia. This is another reason why it it's all comes from. John Robinson has put them in a tough spot, and and the the, the beat that being you got Ryan Tannehill's contract number, you have Derrick Henry contract number, you have Kevin Byard contract number. The only one they're actively negotiating with is Kevin Byard. So it kind of seems like the Kevin Byard domino has to fall for then. The Jeff Simmons, the Kev, the uh, Ryan Taniel, and all this other stuff has to fall. And I think the draft is going to provide a lot of clarity. It just, I, it feels like they're scared of commitment. And listen, I don't blame Mike Vrabel for his comments today saying, yeah, I mean, like, it, I'm not going to comment on people now that uh, about their status for week one in September because he did that and he got fucking burned. <laughs> he got right. burned by, by AJ right. Brown. So, like, he's like, you know, if if Ryan Tannehill's our guy, we'll be glad to have him. If he's not our guy, you know, I'll be glad to have the other guy. And and listen, the, it's because it's all about the Titans quarterback strategy. And this is another reason why Will Levis doesn't make sense. And this is what I was going to tie into it, is that it doesn't make sense from a quarterback strategy perspective on any level. Because if you're saying that, hey, we know that Will Levis is going to need to sit behind Ryan Tannehill for a year. So we can redshirt. We know he has accuracy issues. We know he doesn't process and and has has a good feel for the game. We know he only has one speed when throwing the ball. Sound, sounds sounds like already a guy fucking already. got that guy, <laughs> and you spent a third round pick. So why in the world would Agreed. they do it again if, with pick eleven? Like it makes like it blows my mind that the. It, it's so similar the, the the problem with Will Levis is the same problem with Malik Willis. And if you're going to, you've already got a guy you can wait a year around and it's not going to really hurt you one way or the other. Spending the eleventh overall pick on a guy like that is totally different than spending a third round pick on a guy like that, especially when you already got that guy. And sure, maybe they've given up on Malik Willis. Well, if they've already given up on Malik Willis, then hey, guess what? In a year, they're already going to give up on Will Levis. So like the quarterback strategies here, just to to get back on track now that I've got my. Will well,
0: real, real fast, though, go. like J- Jason says Stetson Bennett's going to have a longer career holding a clipboard than than Richardson. And I would I want to make sure it's clear here. I think Anthony Richardson is worth going up to three to get or Stroud or young. Should should they fall to you? I, I am a, personally I may be wrong on this. I may be totally wrong but I personally am okay with one of those three players because number one, I think they're all good enough. And, and frankly, Richardson, you can sit behind Tannehill. If that's the guy you get, frankly, Bryce young could sit behind Tannehill. I I don't care. Like any of these three guys could sit behind Tannehill for a year, but, but it would show me that you are like, boom, here's the story. Here's the strategy. Here's our guy. Let's go. And then we know what's going to happen. We're either going to Rand carthons. Either going to lose his job because he drafted a quarterback. That's not good. Or, they're going to be a contender in the AFC for the next fifteen years. Like that, that's an all-in strategy that, I'm, yeah. that i can that and I can. And I agree mine.
1: with Elliot that there is no similarities other than they are both African American quarterbacks that uh, there's, played there's, at there's, one time in SEC. There is no, and I agree. And this is what Elliot's saying. I agree with him. There is nothing about Anthony Richardson and Malik Willis that screams that they're the same quarterback at all. Anthony Richardson is a way more dynamic athlete than Malik no. Willis he's a better processor speed of the game. He looks at everything in a totally different way. He was asked to run and do a lot in his offense where Malik was just asked, like, don't get tackled and throw the ball deep. Right. Like they're, they're, totally they're both, different.
0: they're both kind of soft spoken ish, but that's about the, that's as far as I'll go. Like there's yeah. no, there's no real comparison.
1: But I'm with you. The, the Titans quarterback strategy is kind of like a wait and see. Like, Okay, well, you know, maybe we'll just go with uh, Ryan Tannehill for this year. Maybe we'll go to him for a couple other years if we kind of miss out on a quarterback here in this uh, these next few months. Okay, well, maybe, you know, we go ahead and just trade now. And then you're kind of like, okay, if I'm trading up now to number three, you got your commitment that they're at least going to go for one of the three guys. But you might as well just go ahead and trade Tannehill at this point. And, you know, I, I feel like they've just left themselves open because they're the direct path to the quarterback that they wanted was taken from them. And so like, we what, know what do, you, what, do they, you, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I think, you know, when the Panthers traded up, Oh, Oh gosh. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When okay. the Panthers traded up, that was taken away from them. And I think that was the most direct path. I think they either thought that maybe they were going to have more time or they just didn't want to give up a Jeffrey Simmons like player. Like they gave up DJ Moore, which, you know, don't have to we've already talked about that right, right, right but i feel like right now we're just in limbo and right now i think the appropriate way that titans fans should look at it is ryan tannell is your quarterback for 2023 until you see something pop up on your twitter yeah <laughs> like, essentially that's where we're at well
0: let me let me ask you this then is it more a product of the environment and the situation maybe it's you know brady retiring rogers wants the jets car goes to the saints we they ended up at eleven and not eight. The Panthers take the number one pick. Like Tannehill still has a couple good years left and is fairly affordable. Like, yeah, that's like, why
1: I like, don't think they're forcing the issue because they're in purgatory. I mean, they're in purgatory right. at quarterback and in the draft.
0: Well, and that, what I guess I guess what I'm asking is it is it some of it is it their own doing? Could they have solved John this problem? Own
1: doing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. I just I'm just curious. Like, who do? I'm not trying to blame anybody for this, but they are kind of in this weird situation. And then the question is, is it like more environment around them versus their own doing? I don't like if they had cut Tannehill right away. Like, does that change things? Probably not. Like, I don't, I don't think, now, I don't
1: think there's the only thing they could do differently is if they're going to go to number one. Yeah. So at, at that point you have to say, I'm giving up Jeff's we think the best way to build the team for the future is to give up Jeff Simmons for a quarterback what they could be telling you right now is that we are content we think the best way to build the team is to keep Jeff Simmons and find a quarterback a different way
0: yeah. Yeah, it's
1: it's just again,
0: I can't I don't really blame any one thing. It's sort of the situation, but it does feel like and I don't know what the right analogy is. For some reason, I have like somebody canoeing through the forest like and seeing like four splits in the row in the in the in the the, you got four different river (laughs) bends you could take and you're sitting there going like, I don't know which one to go down. I don't know which one's like a waterfall. If if
1: you wait, if you wait long
0: enough, you die of starvation. Right. right. Like, is it a waterfall? We're all just going to fall off and die. Is the other one like the best you end up in utopia? Like, I don't, I just feel like they're sitting there and they don't really kind of know which direction to go. And some of that could be smart because somebody might come back and trade for Tannehill or, or, or whatever, or, maybe Anthony Richardson falls to like seven and all you got to do is move up to seven and get him, And then you're committed. Like they, they could be doing some stuff that's really savvy here, but it does what it really feels like from the outside is that they just, they have four or five paths and they
1: can't commit to one of them. Otherwise extend Tannehill. Right? Like, no, I don't know if I would extend Tannehill at this point. I mean, it helps with your cap. Sure. But then you're kind of tied to yourself. Right. like, do you really? Yeah. You really want to do that now, and because really, what's Tannehill's market going to be even next year? Goes down, right? So well, could unless, you he, not unless he has bring him much... back or get a better deal if you wait. Maybe. Unless he has a pretty
0: good year, which is which actually is not out of the question. Like he's probably no. his numbers. His numbers will probably get better because they his can't. Numbers go were else. doing
1: <laughs> really good last year, despite everything else. I mean, you're talking about like you got Kirk Cousins coming coming off onto free agency. You got. Then after that, it's like all the young guys are going to get extended and Gardner Minshew. Yeah, that's the I other mean, angle. Like, there is no, like, there's nobody in free agency next year. But if you wait, don't you think you could get Tannehill for a little bit cheaper than what you can get him now? Maybe, maybe. Because he's another year older. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Markets probably not going to be there.
0: Well, and it does lead to our next conversation, by the way, of course, here on a football show brought to you by Sinkers and the Kingston Group, of course, two locally owned and operated businesses serving Nashville for a very long time, Sinkers since 1985. Um, Make sure you subscribe to Stacking the Inbox because this is what you would have read is the comparison. Now, I want to ask you a question about this because I've been saying this for a long time with you that this reminds me, the the, the shopping for the free agency and the situation the Titans are in right now, it reminds me a lot of John Robinson's first off season, did I inspire stacking the inbox? I would like to know.
1: Did uh inspire... No, because I've I said this. I've said this to Mike and numerous football and other efforts podcasts. That hey, John Robinson could do it. Why can't Why can't Rand Carthon or the next GM? Because I think we actually started this conversation before the GM was even hired. So it's always been my things like, why can't the other guy do it? And. I, I'm looking at it to totally from a different perspective than what I am just saying, like, Oh, why can't they? It's more of like, nobody had any high expectations for this 2016 class In the free agency class draft class. It was just nobody expected a three and 13 team. We'll set, set the
0: scene real fast. It was John Robinson's first off he had, he had just taken the job. Mike Malarkey was sort of forced upon him from interim to head coach. And the roster had won five total
1: games five total games the prior two seasons yeah so they were three and 13 here was the free agency class ben jones richard matthews al woods andre johnson who is 35 years old sean wins game winning byron bell rashad johnson matt castle antoine blake and mark mariani those were the 10 free agency signed that year and you know how much money he had left over from all that signing 25 million dollars. <laughs> he signed 10 people. Still had 25 million dollars that did jack shit with it. Okay? So keep that in mind. And then he had 10 draft picks.
0: Which, by the way, still made the team better. <laughs> yeah. He had 10. <laughs> That's how bad draft, they were.
1: <laughs> he had 10 draft picks, right? And it was Jack Conklin, who was an average, unathletic, high ceiling. But like, kind of like, relatively like mediocre floor offensive tackle prospect. Then it was like uh, Kevin Dodd. We know how that went. Derrick Henry, and we know how that went. And then you go to the list. So it's basically out of the ten, he got three really great to elite players. He got. Uh, Jack Conklin, Derek Henry, Kevin Byard all contributed in some form or fashion in 2016.
0: Was, was Austin Johnson in that draft class? Maybe? Yeah, he
1: was. He, he, he would be the not great one. Yeah. Uh, Tajay Sharp would be the solid contributor. He was a fifth-round rookie. So, day one, week one, day one, game one, Taylor Lewan, who only had one full season. He just came off his full season of a starting left tackle. Quentin Spain, an undrafted free agent 2015 at left guard who only had six starts under his belt. Ben <laughs> Jones, who was a free agent, which nobody really knew anything about Ben Jones or Ben. Yeah, he's probably okay.
0: He likes to make Ch- boots out of snakes yeah. that he kills with his hands.
1: Right guard, Chance Wormack. Woof. Right tackle, Jack Conklin, a rookie. Then Marcus Mariota, who's in a second year as a quarterback. DeMarco Murray, an aging running back with a lot of carries. That sounds familiar. Delaney Walker, who really, this was his coming out party year, right? Like, he was just kind of been – he's been good, but he hasn't been the Delaney Walker we come to know. This is the start of that. But Justin, a pretty, vers-
0: pretty versatile tight end
1: player. Yeah, didn't say yeah. he wasn't. Justin Fowler, Tajay Sharp, fifth-round rookie, and then Andre Johnson, 35-year-old wide receiver. Rashard Matthews didn't even get the start that year. He was third on the depth chart. All of this to say that nobody expected – this 3 and 13 team that has now turned into this on offense to go 9 and 7 and be a top 15 offense in every metric that matters in the NFL after being a bottom tier roster. It, it was the largest single season
0: increase in win total in franchise history. Right. From 15 to 16. And, so and now, your point is that no one saw it coming. No
1: one. There wasn't one person that saw it coming. And now while the rankings are probably gonna have to jump up and I don't think it's very realistic to think that they could get up to fifteenth I think it could there's a path to there, but a top fifteen offense but they they don't have the win totals they have to overcome this went three and thirteen to nine and seven seven and nine to ten and uh seven can was no seven ten, and 10. ten and eight. To, to, <laughs> ten, no, to ten, and 10 and 7. 10 and 7, yeah. yeah. 10 and ten and, <laughs> 10 and 7 is not an incredible leap to have. And this offense isn't that much different as far as expectations going into the season. Because first off, the offseason is not over. But going into the season, if I t- read out that, anybody who says, well, the 2016, cl- the 2016 team, it was just so good. But it wasn't good that wasn't our expectations you are using right. hindsight right to to cloud your judgment
0: well and so I think what's important is kind of the point you're making when you said the previous team in 15 2015 was a, th- a three win team and before that yeah. it was a two win team which is how they got Marcus in the first place they have a quarterback sort of in place you mentioned the running back in place DeMarco Murray ended up being that guy who actually had a really good year that year in 2016 and they went from basically let's call it 28th 29th 30th in offense to about 14 15 16 in offense depending on the category they basically went from one of the worst to average and they went from three wins to nine the difference is you have a far better head coach and probably a far deeper overall roster in 2023 going into the season at this stage without the draft picks than you did in 2016 so I think the question is because it's also a lot easier to go from three wins up to like four or five more wins than it is to go seven or eight wins up three or four or five more wins. It's a lot easier to do that because the bar is so low. But the team is much better, especially right? on defense. Because
1: like they went so. seven and seven and ten last year with the 28th ranked offense in points, the 30th ranked in yards gained, 28th ranked in points per drive, and and guess what? All of those are the exact same ranks of the 2015 class and yeah. the 2015 class 2015 team. Went three and thirteen. This team went seven and ten. That is the difference that Mike Vrabel makes for this team, and that is why people need to take off their blinders and realize that what Rand Carthon is doing, with less money, by the way, is eerily similar to what is going on in 2016, and it's trending to be in a better direction because not only have they improved the offense, pass blocking wise, they it, theoretically, I mean, obviously, right. people start right. play but they've improved the defense as well, theoretically. I, I think they have far more, like, star
0: power on this team. I mean, Simmons and Bayard and Henry, like, they have more star power on this team coming into the season than they did on the 2016 team. So I think a lot of this is, like, look, and, and I also think you have to have all those guys still on the team to to make the case that there's, a, that there's a jump, right? Like, you have to still have Tannehill. It can't be Malik Willis. It can't be a rookie quarterback. Right. Maybe. Derrick Henry still has to be there. Like, you still need, you can't cut Kevin Byer, which I don't think they're going to do, and, and expect that. Like, you have to have, you can't trade Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, this goes back to our quarterback strategy. Like, if you're really truly doing a total rebuild, then you need to go all in on it. And you need to trade Derrick Henry, cut Ryan Tannehill, cut Kevin Byer, and like do the whole deal and try to just get. They're not
1: them. doing one. And, and, they're and, not, it, and they're not doing one. I agree. So, and, and it goes to show like, it's not just John Robinson that does this, other teams do it all the time. We've talked yeah. about this all the time about how a rebuild or retooling, I like to use the glow up, how a glow up can can happen within a year and still be competitive and you yep. still are winning games. They know that essentially they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to try their best to win the Super Bowl, but they didn't know deep down. If you put truth serum or put them up to lie detector, they know they're not winning the Super Bowl. The What they're doing with these contracts And specifically, with how they're building this, is trying to create the floor of the 2016 team while being able in the future in 2024 to build on that. Like, it's not like we got to bottom out, then we build. Okay, we need to get back up to kind of where that is, which is an average offense with a really good defense. And then we build on that in 2024. Bingo. They're trying to take two steps back to take one step forward.
0: Well, I I mean, let's just let's just play like a hypothetical real quickly here before we move on to our final topic, which is about coach development and Vrabel's strategies, Uh, of course, brought to you by sinkers beverages and the Kingston group go shop at sinkers in East Nashville. Of course, they've got a sister store bluegrass up there in Hendersonville, sign up for the in crowd because when you sign up for the in crowd, they monitor what you buy and how you buy it and how much you spend and if you become a VIP, which is by signing up to the in crowd. You then get access to a bunch of cool stuff, in-store tastings, access to allocation, private brewery and distillery tours. We're going to have some cool events coming up surrounding Titans football and football in in the city. So we got some really cool stuff. So make sure you go check out the in crowd. Of course, we appreciate their support. Kingston Group, buildkg.com is the website there. The Kingston Group, also locally owned and operated award-winning, I might add, custom home and remodeling firm. So just please remember that name. Keep it in the back of your head whenever you make a big decision about your house, just remember the name. I want you, to, I want it to click the Kingston group and just go talk to them. Um, it does. It does remind me like, I, I think that, and again, we're talking about special teams here um, in, in just a second or, or coaching d- development. That is that like, hypothetically, if you see all the pieces of the glow up happen, right. And this team is eight and nine misses the playoffs, but they've got, they've taken a pretty large step forward on offense. Right. Let's say they found a couple of pieces on the offensive line. They found another receiver. Like they found some pieces that that are longer term answers. And they go from 28th to let's just say like 18th. Right. It's not good enough to be playoff good. It's not even better than average, but it's clear marked improvement. The defense is still pretty good. The coaching staff seems like it's found its right answer. And Rand Carthon has found some guys that contribute. Wouldn't everybody be pretty satisfied with? eight and nine with clear growth and expectations the following year in 2024.
1: Well, if, if they actually can get their heads out their ass and actually see clear growth and stuff, because all they're going to see is, Oh, another middling, I can go ahead and tell you the narrative. Oh, another, oh, you're talking about year. fans. Okay. I think some media too, uh, another middling year. They, they really should have bought him out because what are they going to do a quarterback? That will be, the, that will be the narrative where they going to do a quarterback. What if, okay. How about this? What if Tannehill
0: bounces back and is pretty solid? They give him some extension to move the cap money around, and he's still under contract for two more years, twenty-four and twenty-five. And 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 we know that Derrick Henry's time is Derrick Henry, Henry gets the, Ryan gets Daniels the- overpaid. There's your narrative.
1: <laughs> there is going to be no positive that comes out from this, and that that that's not just the fans. It's going to come from the media, certain parts of the media as well. Now I, I think the overwhelming majority of the media is going to have clear level heads. And then get called homers and uh, you know sucking the teat of the Tennessee well, Titans. Well, what would you say if if I laid it out like let's let's say they draft. They got to super- make the playoffs, I think, for people to feel like okay, the glow up is real. They may lose in the playoffs, but at least they made the playoffs. What, man, people wanted what, the people to make the playoffs last year, and they were a shitty right. ass team. Is that
0: what you would feel though? Like if 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 clearly oh, like like, like Elijah- I just
1: know I've already checked out twenty twenty three. It just is what it is. It's either gonna be really good or it's gonna be or it's gonna be better than expected or it's just gonna be shitty. What what if there you, will be no in-between? What if
0: they are like competitive in almost every game they play? There's not there's not a lot of blowouts either yeah, way. Yeah, but y'all
1: try to they, use this competitive argument during their seven game win streak when I kept telling you guys this team sucks and let y'all didn't me- listen.
0: Let me because I, I almost always am like in the gray area. What on do you sports. want me
1: to say so we can talk about that? Nothing, 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 I nothing.
0: Want, I want to lay out like we're, we're just trying to get way ahead of the narratives here. That's what I'm okay. trying to do. Because I think, like, if they draft a receiver in the I'm just making shit up here, right?
1: If they third, draft Jackson Smith to Jippo in, oh, well, no, in the third round okay. or, or,
0: for, or whatever, they have a guy that's clearly now packaged with Traylon Burks as the yeah. number one and two receivers moving forward. Let's say they found of the five guys they try at offensive line. Dylan Raiden's works at left guard and Daniel Brunskill works at right guard. Brewer works at center. MPF gets a little better at right tackle, but they still don't have a left tackle. Okay, but still progress, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It looks like Sean Bunting Bunting is pretty solid. And Elijah Molden looks like a regular starter on the team. Amani Hooker bounces back. Jeffrey Simmons is re-signed. Like, all of a sudden, okay, the, all right, we're, we're not sure about Fulton, but we feel better about the secondary, you know, like – I know there's a Vrabel had some comments about bringing, bringing Randy Bullock back. I don't know. I'm just saying like they I've answer... heard Mason
1: Crosby has a house in Nashville and this <laughs> kid goes to Brentwood. I ain't joking. That's what <laughs> I've heard. Fucking
0: everybody has a house in Nashville. Uh, I just like you could point to growth and if they and, and even though it's eight and nine. And I said this. I yeah. said this to Derek Mason for the entire off season when Mike Vrabel was hired, and to his credit, he gave me a lot of credit for it after the fact. I said, "This is you. You are firing malarkey to bring in Vrabel to take one step back to then take three steps forward." But and we it's don't what feel that did. this
1: is taking a one step back, though, because technically, you it's really hard to take no. one step back from what they were last. No, that year.
0: was last. That's what I'm saying. That <laughs> yeah, was last, last year. Was the one step back?
1: That, that was an accidental step. That was a si uh, doe. Is that right. isn't that an accidental yeah, oopsie sure. daisy?
0: And it's not. I did. It's not an exact parallel comparison, but. Yeah. What I could see is is a a positive step forward that doesn't feel like it because the record isn't all that different, but it is clear that they've answered some questions, and that gives that sets themselves up for a a a deeper run the next year, and that that's all yeah, I'm I mean, saying I can is see
1: that I I mean I can see that I think there's a way that if if you're level headed and logical that you can you can find there is a path to find positivity if it is just a nine and eight or 10 and seven season, but
0: there's hope 10 and seven would be, a, I think that'd be a good season. So, Oh yeah. They're, they're going to be With this roster game. I've already, determined. All right, quick, I've already quick, established.
1: They're going to win 10 games and I've already bet the over on their win total.
0: I like it. I like it, which, which is what, like seven and a half, something like that. Yeah, Seven and a half. It's pretty ridiculous. Low. It's pretty low. Um, All right. So let me, let's real quickly here. Let's touch on this. This happened a little bit over a week ago. Um, He brought on Mike Ribeldon, brought on three coaches, Um, Anthony Levine and Tom Quinn are both going to be assistant special teams coaches. They now have 24 coaches on their staff. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because you and I have have talked a lot about sort of not casting a wide net. He brings in Tim Kelly on the offensive staff, develops him, gives him the OC job. He brings in, um, you know, Shane Bowen's kind of on the staff. There's a huge argument about what his role is and then elevates him to defensive coordinator and kind of develops him there. And if you are going to be the guy who sort of always hires from within or doesn't cast the wide net, whatever you want to use to describe his philosophy from a coaching development standpoint. If you're going to do that, Craig Ackerman, their current special teams coach has come under fire. If you're going to do that and be that way, you better be bringing in guys to coach them up, to develop them, to churn them in and out. And I think what you're seeing in bringing in two assistant special teams coaches is a cl- to me, it is a clear sign that Mike Vrabel is watching Craig Aukerman, everything he does, and it's an evaluation year, and he's out of here because I got now I got two guys that I could potentially replace you with at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, the Tom Quinn hire is interesting because he got He, he got elevated after his first year. He went from assistant special teams coach to special teams coordinator. Coached that for eleven years and got demoted back to special teams coach assisted special teams coach so that's not a good sign <laughs> unless unless we're just you know you're just blaming just poor mismanagement on everybody else it doesn't seem feel like a very good sign for a guy but Anthony Levine who's coming from the Ravens that is a guy that is is he's new so he worked as a coaching and scouting assistant for the Ravens after retiring in 2021 and he was going to be he Become a little bit more in their program, but the Titans went ahead and picked him up. This is interesting. This is not future special teams coordinator. Interesting, but this is like if he sucks this year, he's not going to be the one that gets promoted. It would probably be Tom Quinn. Right. This is a guy that you can show some loyalty to, get get some um coaching reps under, learn from him because he did have a standout career as an NFL special teams player with the Baltimore Ravens for 10 straight years. So this is a raven through and through that has chosen to come here because he is ready to start his progression up the ranks, and it's a pretty quick progression. It's all about the future, and you're right. He's building up, getting people opportunities, because that's what it's all about, right? This whole offseason has been about collaboration and opportunities, and that extends from the coaches that he's hired, Lori Locus, Anthony Levine, uh, the guy from uh, – Virginia Tech, whose name escapes me at the moment. Oh. Um, I
0: was going to say Chris Harris is in that category, too. Well, like. I was
1: going to admit Chris Harris, too. I was getting there. Um, you know, hoteling, he's giving him a shot. You know, it's all about giving people certain shots. And like Tony Deuce, he's switching him tight ends, coach, because he wants him to get hired as an offensive coordinator somewhere. He wants the opportunity. Then you look at the players. Andre, everybody that they got yep. is, is, is hungry for more. Prove it. And they got the coaches now that are hungry for more. Yep. So I again I think it's fair to sort
0: of two things can be true. We don't love the fact that Vrabel doesn't always go outside and cast a wide net, right? Like we don't, we don't that's true. But if you're gonna stay in-house, you better you better be developing guys to take those roles constantly and be doing it years ahead of time, right? Like you you have to plan this stuff years in advance. And technically he did with Tim Kelly, to be fair. Now, if it works. That'll be the case. If it doesn't work, well, it was a bad strategy. <laughs> so it's all about like we can be kind of critical of it at, on one hand and then also say, but if you're going to do it, this is the right way to do it. And that's to bring in guys, competition, right? Bring in guys that, that work together, collaborate, compete, and then we'll see what happens to Craig Aukerman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the rest of the season. Um, all right. That about does it. Obviously, a very difficult day in Nashville. So thinking about everybody out there but uh, we'll leave you with this again. You have agency and all of these things that we all complain about, about our country are great and still the best country in the world. You have agency. You can go out and do something about it. Time money, donate, become an activist, make sure you vote all this stuff. It matters. It has an impact uh, and it can affect people's lives. So uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. I know Zach, I needed this today because I was having a pretty tough time and I needed to like distract myself and talk about football for a little while. So, uh, we appreciate all you guys for hanging out with us in the chat. Uh, stackintheinbox.com, of course, is the website. Football and Other F-Words this week also has an announcement coming up for you guys. So make sure you check out Football and Other F-Words. I know you do each and every week. Thanks to Sinkers and to the Kingston Group, of course, There you go for supporting us. Uh, we do appreciate you guys. Local business, support local business. For Zach, I am Braden. Thanks for hanging out with us. This has been a football show.